De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to discuss strategies and best practices in telco marketing. Joining us is Brad Pruner, who is the Senior Director of Product Strategy, Salesforce Industries at Salesforce, which provides customer relationship management software and applications focused on sales, customer service, marketing automation, analytics, and application development. Earlier this week, Brad and I talked about how VoIP goes to market, and we talked about modernizing the telco rev tech stack. And today, we're going to continue our conversation to discuss what can we learn from telco go to market. Okay, here is my conversation with Brad Pruner, the Senior Director of Product Strategy, Salesforce Industries at Salesforce. Brad, Thanks for coming back. You've done the Ironman. I really appreciate you sharing your expertise. I don't have a medal for you. I will give you a virtual high five. Perfect. Thanks for having me. All right. So what a great conversation we've had over the last couple of days. We've got a really good understanding of how Telco, as it's currently constructed, came to be fantastic. We talked about islands of RevTech and how you spent 20 years, just kidding, folks, of your career trying to stitch together all these RevTech stacks. But something we, I think I took away from our first conversation, Brad, is really the industry that has proved the most resilient and frankly, an industry that we can learn a lot from is telco. So I really want to dig into that aspect of what we can learn from telco. And I want to start with what the end user experience is like, how they think about creating that great end user experience. All right. Great question, Doug. Thank you so much. I, I think it's funny if you, if you had asked people 20 years ago, what can a carrier teach you about user experience? You might get lost or laughed out of a room. And I think it's clear that carriers had a lot to learn. And honestly, I think in many ways, what carriers have learned has come from some of the upstarts from some of their competition in the marketplace, right? I think, you know, there was a traditional mindset that existed with carriers that, you know, all they needed to do was open their phone channels and let customers call them. And that was the definition of great customer service. And I think where telco began to transform was, was when this buzzword cropped up. I'm not sure when it was, but it was probably in the 2000s, this notion of omni-channel experiences. You know, how, how do you create an experience where a customer can engage you by the channel of their choice? And I, I think that was or became, started to become a game changer for many carriers. And, and the reason omni-channel was such an important part of their strategies early on was that one of the advantages that carriers have is their ubiquity, like their points of presence. They have retail stores. They have massive call centers and agents. They have a technology infrastructure. They have face-to-face people in some cases, right? So the ability to start connecting those experiences and ensuring that the left hand of the carrier knew what the right hand was doing could start creating some advantage for them. So the investment in these kind of omni-channel 
Romney native type experiences, I think was the start of that transformation. And while I, I think the industry still has a ways to go, I think those investments are starting to pay, pay dividends for them for sure. I do feel like this idea of omni-channel really did take off with the telcos. And I think it got adopted out, especially to other technology players over time. But what's interesting is we've got to contrast this with our conversation yesterday, which is that quite often there's this disrupted sense of what the customer is and therefore a disrupted customer experience overall. We talked about the absolute best in class folks from a rev tech standpoint typically begin with a customer in mind before they start that design. So back to this idea of omni-channel, you mentioned the fact that some are doing better than others, but when things are clearly singing, when things are going really well, what does that look like? The single biggest difference, and again, this sounds motherhood, but sometimes if these motherhood statements were common, people would actually do it, <laughs> but is where the, the, it's customer-centric design principles, right? So when you're starting a project, you know, the projects that are most successful in creating those experiences is where they have that chair in the room, which represents the customer to say, what's the experience our customers want? Now, how do we enable that? Where I see projects go wrong is where they start with how do our processes work and how are we going to interface with our customer or how do our current tools, our current rest stack stacks, how, how do they work and how am I going to make that, make our customer navigate that? The ones who do it well are where they completely disrupt and they think about things customer in you know, I think one of the, I do a lot of conversations with comms companies globally, and we end up talking about this continuum that they're on. On one end, maybe they're just going to digitize their current processes, right? Let's take existing processes and move them online. Let's create web forms. Let's do that kind of stuff. On the other extreme is digital transformation, where you're completely rethinking how customers subscribe to your services. And I think if you're doing that digital transformation, with that customer centricity, the combination of those two things is what results in great outcomes. And how much is of the friction between, and I'm going to use this term very loosely, smaller players, because we talked about VoIP as an example. There's certainly lots of smaller players, but smaller is 100 million in revenue here. We're not talking about teeny tiny folks. We're talking about organizations at scale. But how much of that creativity and how much of that go-to-market omni-channel success is based on the fact that, you know, these small organizations are toe-to-toe with some of the biggest, most powerful organizations in the world. Do you feel like that's how they deal with that? They're kind of out innovating, starting with this idea of the customer first when designing that omni-channel approach. Yeah, I'd say it comes from two places. It certainly comes from these insurgents who could eat the carrier's lunch, right, with these new offerings. They don't have the scale or the breadth, but they have the capability to. But we also, in the in the telecommunications space, lose a lot of sleep on what we call hyperscalers. So the other big risk is the experiences that you create or experience with companies like Apple or Google or Amazon, right? And, and consumers get trained to interact with their provider in a certain way. And they're very good at customer first, right? You don't need training on how to use Amazon. You just don't, right? But so that mindset is also creating challenges for carriers to make sure that they can adapt in, in a similar fashion. I got to grab that for a second, Brad. I really got to grab that because this is really interesting. Telco is not as worried about this idea of the smaller, more adroit players that could eat their lunch. You're talking about organizations like Apple and Amazon, hyperscale organizations that could effectively come in. And then folks, Apple just won for Coda Best Picture Award, right? So we know that these organizations aren't bad at leaping between industries and being really competent. And in some cases, in Apple's case, quite excellent out of the gate. 
Is that the idea for telcos is that that kind of crossover could easily happen and therefore they need to be better and ready? 100%. Yeah. So, so there's lots of examples of that where, you know, we see that crossover across industries, which risks the carrier's, I guess, long-term revenue prospect. You know, the, the good news is that they're aware of it now, I think. Like, I think, as you and I talked about in the first podcast, I think there was this initial situation where the carriers had their eye on the wrong ball right? They were worried about long distance and collect losses, local exchange losses. And some of them missed the impact that the internet would have, right? And, and it took them a while to catch up. I think that lesson's been, I think people are going in eyes wide open now saying, well, as much as we want to partner with the likes of Amazon or Apple or any of the hyperscalers, Google, right? We also got to view them as a potential competitor that, you know, they can just as easily take the subscription business away. You know, Google had an interesting offering, still do, an eSIM offering where it allows customers to switch between different mobile networks and it relegates the telecom to basically a wholesaler, right? They, they disintermediate the subscriber relationship entirely. Like that as a carrier is terrifying because you don't want to be purely in a commodity play. So yeah, I mean, long answer to a short question, these kinds of macro disruptive technology trends should very much be in the, in the, in the mind's eye of, of telco execs. And I'm sure they are. Brad, I feel like we're sort of in this comfort food zone right now. And what I mean by that is this. I think we're in our bubbles. We just really can't help being in our bubbles, right? So I, I'm in a SaaS bubble. I admit, I've been in the middle of a SaaS bubble for 20 years now. So it's it's really interesting to hear that those of us in SaaS are really facing the same challenges and the same motherhood and apple pie situation. Because I would say, as I talk to fellow CMOs and product leaders, that's typically what I'm saying. What we just talked about is begin with a customer in mind and begin with a deep level of customer empathy and understanding. So it's not just SaaS that needs to catch up. It feels like it's happening everywhere. Brad, I learned a lot. I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm really hoping we get you back on the show. I would say that I promise you, I will not make references to cracking open your dome to get the knowledge out of it. We'll be more gentle in those descriptions next time around, but really appreciate your being on the show with us today. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, it's been fun. Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Brad Pruner, Senior Director of Product Strategy, Salesforce Industries at Salesforce for joining us. If you would like to contact Brad, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't get a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, shame on you. Head over to RevGenPod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker of the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and would like a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.